everyone. Good to see you. My name is Anke Mulman. Our website is cwowi.eu. Stands for Church Without Walls International. We are part of a network of house churches worldwide. Go to our website if you are interested in that, if you want to know more about it. But today and I want to do this video about grace and truth. I was reading John's first chapter and it says that in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. We beheld his glory, the glory uh, as of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. And then it says in verse 17, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about it, grace and truth. How do we, uh, how do we understand that? How does it work? Do we have examples in the Bible that Jesus brought grace, but also truth? How is it in our own lives that he brought grace, but also truth? And I think it, it's everywhere. It's so true. Even the famous verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved of the world that he gave his only begotten son which is grace so that an, that every that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and that's the truth through him it's through him that you will have everlasting life first before because uh, before i go on about grace let me share three um words with you justice mercy and grace you probably heard it before justice means that you get what you deserve uh, mercy means that you do not get what you deserve and grace means that you get what you don't deserve. So there's more to grace. Grace also empowers and grace also teaches us to live holy lives. But today I want to kind of focus more on that you do not, that you get what you do not deserve. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We did not deserve it, but he gave. It came out of his heart. It came because he loved us. But the truth is, it's only through him. That's just one way. Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth and the life. So Jesus is truth. He is full of grace, but he's also full of truth. And then I was thinking, where do we have examples of it? And then I thought, yeah, of course, John 4, when you have your Bible with you, that's, that is the Samaritan woman at the well. Well, you probably know the story. You can read it in uh, John 4. So Jesus said to the woman, because he came out of, he, he, um, he departed um, um, to Galilee and he needed to go through Samaria. And then there was a woman at the well and Jesus said, uh, asked her, give me a drink and so on. And they are having a conversation. And Jesus says, well, if you knew the gift of God, who is it that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus is there talking back and forth. And then Jesus said in verse 14, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And then the woman said, oh, please, I wanted water, sir, give me this water. And then, so this is grace. Okay, yeah, grace. Come to him and I will, I will give you water and it will spring up like a fountain of living water up into, in, uh, into everlasting wife. And then the Lord says, okay, go and call your husband and come here. And she said, I have no husband. And, the, and then she said, well, you said, well, I have no husband. And here comes the truth for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And then she says, wow, you must be a prophet, and so on. And she worshipped him. And then when you read on in chapter 4, it even says that she testified. And she said, oh, you have to see this man, because he told me everything I did. And Jesus stayed in many uh, two days, and many more believed in him. 
But here you see an example of grace. It was grace, but also truth. You know, the, the man that you are living with is not your husband. John chapter 8, a kind of similar story, a little also about a woman. It was the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Uh, John 8, and let's go, let me see which verse we go. Uh, okay, well, then, of course, that woman was brought to Jesus. Uh, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. And then they say, Moses commanded that they should be stoned. And what do you say? So they said to test him. And Jesus wrote on the ground, and there's a whole other story and a whole other teaching, but it's not for today. And he wrote on the ground, and then he said, Okay, he is he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. But they all were convicted, it says, uh, by their conscience, and they went out one by one, beginning with the oldest. And then Jesus looked up and he said, Women, where are those accusers of you? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And then Jesus said to her, and here comes grace, Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Wow, she was sinful, but and she knew it. But Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. But here comes the truth, go and sin no more. So he said, what you were doing, what you have done is sin, but now go, leave that, go and sin no more. To her, it meant not going back to the one that she lived with, or maybe her husband or whatever, not sin anymore. So that grace that Jesus uh, uh, extended to her also empowered her to go and sin no more, to do what she needed to do. Wow, amazing when you think about it. When you think about David, of course, what is the grace when he committed adultery, you know, with Bathsheba? And the grace is, of course, that the Lord forgave him and he, well, he really repented and he said, I have sinned against the Lord. That's actually what sin is. You sin against the Lord. The Lord, of course, forgave him. But the truth was what he had sowed in his life and into his family. He, re he reaped what he had sowed. That baby died, you know, and there was always contentions and strife in his family from that day on. But grace and truth, and he became king, so that is a wonderful, he still was king, and the Lord did not take the kingdom away from him. That is grace. Now, I was thinking about Peter, Peter who denied the Lord in Matthew 26. He said, I never knew the Lord, I don't know him. What else can you do that is even worse than denying the Lord? Well, that's pretty worse, pretty, pretty bad, right? But then in John 21, when Jesus has a conversation with uh, Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? And so on. And then he said, feed my sheep. So the Lord has extended a lot of grace to him. And we know, of course, because in Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter was the one apostle that stood up after the Holy Spirit was poured out. And he, uh, he, he, was, he was not uh, denying the Lord anymore. He did the right thing. And he stood up and he testified who the Lord was. Okay, when you go to uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, go there if you have your Bible with you to Second Corinthians 12 that talks about um, the thorn in the flesh. Um, there he says, Second Corinthians 12 verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And he pleaded with the Lord three times, so like, Please, Lord, take it away from me. And then the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for me, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Wow. So what do we see here? Here was a messenger of Satan. It was a demon harassing him. And demons work through people. So people were actually opposing him. You can read it. You know, he was beaten many times, left for dead. He was, well, the, the, the religious Jews were against him. So the messenger of, so, and then what did he do? He, he, uh, he pleaded, Lord, please let it stop. Let those people stop. Let it, you know, do something about it. What some people nowadays do. They, they pray to the Lord, say, please, Lord, uh, uh, this demonic attack, will you stop it? But what Paul had to understand, that's why the Lord said, my grace is enough for you. What he had to learn, that all the revelations that the Lord taught him about who he is, about who, uh, who we are in Christ, seated at the right hand of God, above, you know, and the name of Jesus is above every other name, and how to use your authority. Peter had to, all those things he knew from the Lord, and he learned he had to practice them and, and do it in his own life. So that's why the Lord says, my grace, uh, I give you the grace, I give you the strength, and that is enough to do with it. You say, you command the devil to, to get away of your life, you know, as something like that. So he has had to work in it. So grace empowers us. And I think that is so true in our lives. Maybe you know that in your own life, or you, or you see it in, in, in Christians, in, in people you know, Christians, you know, oftentimes when there's something going on, they say, please pray for me, please pray for me. And they keep asking, pray for me. And then the Lord is graceful and he helps them and he blesses them and takes them out of situations, helps them. But at a certain point, it seems as if those prayers do not work anymore. Why is that? Not because God is deaf, no, but because he is teaching them. He was teaching them how to be, uh, how to, uh, to know who you are in Christ, to know who he is in you. And they have to learn to exercise their authority in their lives. They have to learn to walk with the Lord. They have to learn to hear for her, uh, I'm sorry, to hear from Him themselves and not always go to someone else to have what you want from the Lord, but go to Him directly yourself. So there was grace. Oftentimes there's a period of grace. You know that the Lord uh, helps you and, and, and carries you and people carry you in their prayers. But at a certain point, you have to do what you have to do. You have to get a backbone. You have to study the word, ask the Father for revelations and walk out what you know that he is teaching you. So why is there always truth, grace and truth? Because the Lord says in John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth that you know shall set you free. First, you have to know the truth. You have to know what he thinks about a certain thing. And then when you know that, that truth, okay, that to knowing that truth will set you free. And you will have the grace. You will can go to the Father. You can go to the Lord. He will give you the grace to deal with it. But you, you will have to know the truth and walk out that truth in your life. I hope it helps you. If you had questions about it, well, I just want you to think about your own life. Where was the grace of God in your life? When did he stop that grace? Or when did he ask you um, um, to understand the truth, what he was doing in your life? So did you, do you see that going together, grace and truth in your life? I hope it's been a blessing. Go to our website, cwowi.eu. You, you can mail me, ask me questions or whatever, and hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.